0: Okay, let's open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing technology to work, that you can connect us all over the nation. I praise you for that. And I just thank you for each person that's on this call tonight and each person that perhaps gets the information later on, that you would continue to inspire us, And we invite your Holy Spirit into this time moving forward, especially until we meet in February, that you would continue to pour out your wisdom, pour out a calling, a greater calling, that we would stay on the path that you have called us to. And much like Mary, that we would just be at your feet in your presence. And that would be the main thing, that we would keep the main thing the main thing, that we would not let distractions or people like Martha who are yelling at us, detour us from being in your presence, from keeping our eyes on you, that we would be immovable and unshakable, Father God, um, for the, the calling that you have on our lives. And we give you all the praise and all the glory for this. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So I realize that some of you may or may have not completed the reading In the book. So, the book is the books that we're kind of journeying through is Brian Houston's Live, Love, Lead. And of course, Kay and Milan, who will be with us, I should say (laughs) Milan, Kay and Milan will be with us um, in February, and their book has changed hundreds of thousands of people's lives, relationships, and marriages. So, you don't have to be married to gain wisdom from them, and so I'm looking forward to the people who are attending um, to really get a whole bunch of wisdom from them. So I'm going to focus a little bit more tonight um, on the Live, Love, Lead. We have 20 chapters in each book, so just really kind of want to overview the first part of both, um, and how we love one through nine is really sort of what I wanted to touch on tonight and then Live, Love, Lead was chapters 1 through 10 is the first part of the book. So just going into um, Brian Houston's book, he really talks about something I've always desired and hopefully, you're probably on this call because you do too, is just this really wide open, abundant, spacious, well-watered place. And I've been writing my second book and it's really my story and I was proofreading some of it today, just going through the seasons of wilderness and being so lost and so wrapped up in the worries and cares of the world that I had no clue where I was, how I was going to get out. If I was ever going to get out, I was depressed, deeply depressed. I didn't know how to get out. It felt like uh, quicksand. It felt like I just kept sinking, and it was heavy and heavier, and I just did not know how to get out. But then God came, and he told me to put voice to the scripture, and so he led me to Psalms. And from then on out, I realized the importance of audibly speaking God's promises back up to him. And so when I came across Brian Houston's book, it's really in alignment with what we do in yoga faith and what I desire to do long after you get a piece of paper from us is really to journey with you into whatever God has called you to do. We each have this unique path that God has, has created us to do. He's graced us to do. That's the sphere where he has us. It's the gifts that he's given you, not me. And he's given me gifts that he didn't give to you, and so I think sometimes we we look to the left and we look to the right and we get distracted by their their journey or their gifts or, wow, God, they look so blessed and we compare ourselves, and comparison is always going to fall short. We're always going to get discouraged and hopeless if we look at other people's journey that God has them on. So what I want to do tonight is really encourage you to, whatever God has called you to do, And some of you have been at immersion, and God really speaks at immersion. When we corporately come together and we invite the Holy Spirit into those sacred spaces, he really speaks. And so I often say, you know, don't forget what he has spoke in this light. When you get home or when the speed bumps or potholes or valleys come, when the darkness comes, remember what he has spoken in the light because the devil will try to uproot that seed. And so tonight I want to ask you to just get back to basics, get back to being alone with God, asking him what he has created you to do. And maybe you already know, but you've just been distracted, or maybe it's just been a really busy season where time balance has been um, impossible to balance the dreams and desires versus the hobbies and things that you want to do, or maybe you want to do something full-time and your job won't allow you, or your family is young and not allowing you the time freedom. Whatever it is, I I want to just say to stay on the path that you know God has created you for. All those gifts, all of the talents and skills, Um, I think so often in the world we look at people and they make a mark because they're doing what God has called them to do, their grace to do it. They're anointed to do it. And when we see, um, you know, we see the highlight reel, especially with, you know, social media, and we don't know the background. We don't know the 20 years it took of plowing and crying and bleeding and sweating to get to that highlight reel. And so I want to say to us tonight to just stay on that course that you know he has called you. In the first opening chapter, Brian Houston says that the best is yet to come. And I know that's not the first time that you've heard this, but the best really is yet to come. Sometimes we get stuck in the good old days, and we feel like they've already happened. But I wanted to remind you that they actually haven't happened yet. And you might be on a mountaintop right now where it's really good and you're gathering harvest. It might be a harvest season. But still, the best Is yet to come and that's because God is progressive and it might not seem like the best is yet to come but I promise you that it is and so Brian goes on to talk about living fully loving completely and leading boldly and that's all the things we're going to dive into at leadership training um, to be fully present in each moment that we've been given here to be fully present to the call that he has on our life and I know a lot of times when we're a stay-at-home mom um, you know we feel like that's less than and I want you to realize that that is a vital part of who God created you to be and the testimony that you have for perhaps other stay-at-home moms or other moms in that season that you could be um, a testimony to them an encouragement to them um, reaching out being an accountability partner to other stay-at-home moms Um, to pray and encourage, and not just that, but any demographic that you, um, that God has you on, any pathway that you can help others uh, live fully, love completely, and lead boldly in whatever we do. Um, So I, I ask you these two questions that I want you to write down. One is, what is it that you feel called to do? What is it that you feel called to do? I know some of you on this call might already know what that is. What is it that you feel called to do? The second question is, what is it that is getting in your way? What is it that is getting in your way? So first question, what is it that you feel called to do and what is it that's getting in your way? When we reconnect in January, your homework is to answer those two questions. Whether you want to share them with us or not, those are for you and those are going to keep you on track. And so I'm going to ask you in January, have you answered those questions? Because once you know what you're called to do, and maybe like I said, you already know that, But what is getting you distracted? So if you know what you're called to do, what's the distraction? And every day are you doing something towards that goal? I'll just give you a really simple, practical example. I started writing my second book, which I thought was going to be my first book because it was in my heart. I lived through wanting to kill myself. I lived through that depression, and I wanted to try to help people save them time, save them heartaches, if I could. I wanted to share what God had done uh, to redeem my life. And I started writing it. It just flowed out from my heart. And I, I got kind of like, wow, I'm almost done with this book in like two weekends. This doesn't feel right. And so I set it down. And if you know anything about setting a project down, it's really, really, really hard, sometimes impossible to pick that thing back up. And so that's kind of what happened. And I committed. I committed to finishing it. So, the, so picking it back up, you can think of an arm balance, if you will. I know you're yogis on here. It, that inhale of the arm balance of picking your tailbone up is like the hardest part, right? So relating it to that, it's like picking my book out, up was just really hard to do, it was dormant, and I, I wanted to finish it. So God said, commit to writing every 30 minutes, or every morning 30 minutes, or every, every morning. So I said, I can do that. And there were some mornings that, you know, it turned into an hour, but eventually it got done. And so when you're called to do something, going back to this question I proposed to you, what, what is it that you need to maybe commit to? If you're called to do something, what is it that you need to take steps towards that calling? Uh, you know, Brian talks about Hillsong and, and the humble beginnings of Hillsong. <laughs> I had very humble beginnings in yoga faith. I had, you know, people not showing up. Um, I, I was so discouraged. You know, I was just going to throw in the towel. I, I think I heard God wrong. I think I heard God wrong really wrong on this. I don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Nobody's showing up weeks in a row. And I could relate to Brian saying, you know, Hillsong started in this, uh, you know, building. It wasn't their building. They just borrowed it on Sundays. And now God has, uh, you know, put them strategically all around the world in these big cities And um, that doesn't come without trials and tribulations. That doesn't come without the public attacking you, people not understanding you, um, people uh, who you trust and who you let in demising you. And so, you know, in reading his story, it really touched me. And I want to encourage you, everything starts with a one step, the first step. Everything starts humbly. Um, and hopefully remains in that humble position as God does what only God can do. So I know you've heard this before, but not to despise those small beginnings, to keep at it, to keep, you know, if God calls you to do it, to keep at it. Um, Certainly there comes a time when nobody's showing up for a year to maybe adjust the time in the day. I'm not saying that or whatever it is, that there wouldn't be adjustments but to really put your full trust and your full heart in the God who called you to a higher level of living. If you are in lack, if you are confused, if you are, you know, just – um, butting up against a brick wall all the time. It's time to sort of take a step back and get back to basics. Get at the foot of the cross. Get at the feet of Jesus. I, I think of, of Mary getting at the foot of Jesus and just being so immovable while Martha was yelling at her. Just She was just so engrossed in um, God's presence. And what did he say to her? He said she chose the right thing. So, Coming back to basics and getting back to your first love, asking God, you know, what is it? What is it that you have for me? Because he's not trying to keep things from you. He's trying to get things to you. And I know that sometimes it's almost impossible in today's world to just be still and to listen. So, um, you know, oftentimes we choose the obedience route and that means that we choose service over convenience. And I I know Brian talks about that too, just choosing service over convenience because uh, this Christian walk isn't always convenient or comfortable. So I want to just encourage you to stay the path and, um, and get back to basics if you feel like you're just continually running into a brick wall. And so I wanted to say if anybody has any comments or questions, Um, You can hit star six and unmute yourself if you'd like to say anything here. I'll pause for that.
1: Well, I wanted to say that um, I had been through a Bible study with a writer, singer, songwriter here in San Diego, and she had um, taken sailing lessons with her husband here in San Diego, and As she was learning about sailing, tacking is moving in like a zigzag motion, and by this zigzag motion, you're actually moving forward, and she wrote this whole book about it, Crosswise Living, and it was just really interesting to think that sometimes we feel like it has to be a straight path, and, you know, by kind of zigging and zagging, we're picking up all these nuggets that God is showing us and teaching us, and that we're not off track if we're not going in this linear fashion. So that was really, yeah, that really helped me a lot to know that it's like, I'm very ADD, and (laughs) So, for me, it's hard for me to stick in that linear fashion because I get so distracted by the shiny things. Mm-hmm. And the shiny things do encourage me and inspire me, but then I feel like, okay, I'm not following the straight path. I'm not doing this right. So, you know, we've all been created differently, and some of us zig, and some of us zag, and some of us go in a straight line. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as long as we're moving forward, that's really all that matters.
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it's, it's so true. And I, if you have the book, on page 28, Brian says in the first paragraph at the top of the page, he says, when we're living the full, abundant, wide-open life for which you were designed, everything you do will be characterized by passion, purpose, perspective, And peace. So oftentimes, um, I love the zigzag, but let's say you do kind of zag to the side and you don't have peace about it. Well, God somehow, like you said, gets you back on that path. It might not have been from A to B, right? We might have went to A to C, but God has a way of getting us back on that path. But I love that Brian says everything, uh, when we're in the rhythm of grace, that everything will be characterized by passion, by purpose, will have perspective, and you will have peace. There won't be this confusion, because confusion, we know, isn't from God. Um, At the bottom, he says that each of us is born with uniquely tailored gifts, abilities, individually matched to our own unique purpose in life. And so he's basically telling us to be confident in the call. You know, so often, even those that are close to us, they have something to say. They have an opinion about the call that God has led us to. And so will we bow down to their opinions or will we stick to the path that God has us on? Because bowing down to people's opinions, you're never going to be happy because we can't please everyone all the time, and we're, we're just not going to. And so it's hard. It's hard when people close to us have an opinion that they don't understand what God has called us to. And then we go and we do that thing, and then maybe a pastor has an opinion, and then we're like, oh, God, I don't think I heard from you right. This, two people told me that you know, what I'm doing I can't do right? And so I just say be confident in the call because you are uniquely graced to do it. And that's the sphere that God will have you in that, that he places you in. Um, On page 35, I love this. And I wanted to point this out to you because it says that you're, you're never going to come in second place by keeping God first. And that's, you know, I feel like I need a plaque on my wall that says that, because that is first and foremost, that is our true north, that we keep God number one in our lives. Amen? Mm-hmm. And so uh, all of the chapters are very amazing. Obviously, we um, are just overviewing this, but he talks about, you know, loving unconditionally, um, pioneering you talk about pioneering and coming up against obstacles brian houston talks about the day that he found out his father was a child molester and what that did to his church to his board of directors uh his his family was plastered on the front page of every newspaper Um, it was a really difficult time as he was pioneering a church that god had called him to do so that's that's a big, huge example, but that happens to each and every one of us. When God calls us, and then we start to just, you know, put one foot in front of the other, and then something maybe small, medium, or extraordinary big, like Brian Houston, happens in our lives. What will we do then? What happens when speed bumps or potholes come in our way? Do we give up? Do we say, "Oh, I'm going to go back to my nine-to-five job"? Do we say, "I think I heard God wrong"? Um, Do we ask other people their opinions? Do we get on social media? Or do we just simply go to God? And sometimes that's our last option when it should be our first. So just keep in mind that you're never going to come up short if you put God first. Um, And so really reading through Brian's difficult path while he's starting something new uh, is really going to help you navigate where God is calling you and and really how, how to navigate it. Um, Shaking off shame, you know, we're we're imperfect people and sometimes our past comes up to really kick us in the butt. And so he talks about that and really just, you know, having freedom in Christ, having forgiveness, getting the shame off of us, shaking that loose and really flourishing in freedom. Um, On page 106, he says there's three ways to learn and I wanted to bullet point this for you because, boy, this really hits home. Three ways that we can learn. One is the easy way, one's the hard way, and one is the tragic way. And so on page 106, he says, The easy way is to learn from other people's mistakes. The hard way is to learn from our own mistakes. And the tragic way is to not learn from either. And we know people have gone around a mountain that should have only taken nine days. Um, for 40 years. So really grasping what God has for us and and learning those lessons because there are lessons to be learned and some of them are really challenging but my prayer is that we actually learn from them and we do better. And, um, you know, this, this book is just really, really full of wisdom in what we're talking about in February. I also want to remind you, especially those who haven't been to immersion, to surround yourself with an inner circle that you can trust. And we're not perfect. Sometimes our discerner is broken, our picker is broken. Um, sometimes we really trust someone. Maybe we didn't know them well enough, or maybe they just had life changes and they're not on the same path as us, or maybe you know, that happened for us. God called us out. Either way, our inner circle, which sometimes does change and and does adjust, I want to, uh, you know, this is for me as well, to encourage us to have a very safe inner circle. And this inner circle, you should surround yourself with people who are surrendered, surrendered to Christ. And these are where, you know, we call them our power station, Derek and I. We, we, We need filled up. We need power. We need strength we need sound wisdom, we go to our power station. There's three couples, so there's six of us, all in different stages of life, completely different stages of life. Um, And it works really well because you have the energy and the passion and enthusiasm of the young, and you have the wisdom and the knowledge and the discernment and wise counsel of the elder and everything in between as well. So it's really important to have a power station Um, someplace you can get wise counsel, someplace you can go to when you're feeling discouraged or sad or, or depressed. I've talked to many people lately that are going through, you know, they call it seasonal depression, but we know it's the enemy. It doesn't matter what season it is. It's the enemy, and he wants you to be kept alone. So if you're going through that and you're on this call right now, thank you, because you need us and we need you. And we need to stay linked up because the enemy loves isolation and hopelessness is the most dangerous place that you could ever be. So thank you for being on this call if you're going through that. And if you're not and you go through it later, please remember that we are here. We are here as your family. So don't be alone. Uh, I love what he said. I believe it was on page 112. Um, He says to always wind upward and not spiral downward. When I tell you that hopelessness is the most dangerous place to be, it's because I've been there, and it's a downward spiral, and it happens really, really fast. So he says in his book to always wind upward, not spiral downward. Never let crisis create a bigger crisis. And this is important for you in whatever path that God has for you because there's going to come a time of crisis.
2: And you're going to
0: have to have sound wisdom from your power station, perhaps, that helps you not let that crisis become a bigger crisis. And that's why it's really important to have that sound wisdom and discernment in your circle. Keeping the main goal the main goal always, this is the most important thing, is to love God love people. This is our mission. Everything else is underneath that umbrella. So that's our mission from God. If you didn't know what your mission is there, you have it. Now you just have to ask him what's in your hand. What do you want me to use to show people the love of God um, while we're here on planet Earth? All right. So I'm going to read just a couple things and then I want to open it up to you. Um, If you have the book, turning to page 113, It says that uh, Satan will use pressure and opposition to try to control you, and when we yield to that pressure, we surrender our leadership. So it's important to deal with circumstances when opposition arises, but not allowing them to control you. Most of us on this call are already in a position of uh, influence, which is leadership, and so not letting pressures that come to you, even if you are that stay-at-home mom, that's a lot of pressure, right? Um, When we yield to that, we surrender that leadership. And in that case, we always want our family to have the respect for us. So when we yield that and we give that up, um, some of that respect sometimes goes away. So just, um, you know, being mindful, that Satan does use pressure. He does use opposition to try to control us. So not yielding to that pressure and just not allowing it to control us. Amen. Um, Mm -hmm. And then one last thing I want to read to you because I think it's really important, and then I'd love to hear any feedback or questions here. Um, On page 114, he says, kind of in the, the first paragraph where it says, lead courageously. So we've shaken off the shame, we are, you know, um, appreciating our humble beginnings, and we are confident in our call of God, and then he comes and he's talking about now leading courageously, and leadership is uh, a posture of, of courage. Um, he said, "You must move forward with courage, not rushing things, but not staying fixated, fixated on whatever trauma has occurred. We all have trauma. Some of it is more intense than others. Some of it is more complex uh, or permanent, other than temporary. But he says that we must move forward with courage, not rushing, but staying fixated, not staying fixated on whatever trauma has occurred. So it's all part of the journey. And God uses it all. (laughs) So we say thank you. And you can see at the bottom of page 115, he says to live transparently, love authentically, and lead courageously. So if you would like to comment or have a question, you can go ahead and hit star six, and it will unmute you so you can um, speak from your heart here.
3: Um this is Shannon. I have a thought.
0: Hi Shannon.
3: Hi. So I love that leading um with courage and um courageously. And for me, I think um <clears throat> you know, you can only lead when you know who you are on the inside and what your passion is. Um to be a successful leader and you can only do that when you know who you are in Christ. And um, oh. and I think the more that you you know, and I find in in my life, the closer I take the time to spend with God to meditate and to know how much He loves me and and has His arms wrapped around me, gives me the strength and the courage to lead and step out and be seen, which. You know, it's not always easy, <laughs> but uh-huh. I'm like, Lord, you got this. So I'm just going to be faithful and jump in and, you know, I, I'm not going to hide anymore. So, um,
0: Amen. yeah. Amen. Thank you for that, Shannon. Thanks. Anybody else?
2: Yeah. I just wanted to say, this is there, Shannon. I, I think that's really good. The, the foundation of everything that we do is going to be our identity in Christ. And when we're looking for approval from the world and we're supposed to be set apart and we're supposed to be a city on a hill, which can't be hidden. So when we do step out and we do realize who we are in Christ, I think it, it should make everything easier. And I know, Michelle, you were talking about heat and pressure. And a lot of times for God to make a diamond, God will take coal and he'll make it into a diamond. But the only way that so we can become diamonds, is by heat and pressure, and consistent heat and pressure. And, you know, when you think about that, you talk about, you know, everything is not always the enemy, but a lot of times God wants to get all of the emotional garbage that we have out of our system. And the only way that he can do it is by coming to him in a state of humility and allowing him to piece together those broken places in our life, those hurts in our life, those hangups that we have, and when we look at, you know, why does my life always seem to follow a consistent pattern? Why do my relationships tend to look the same? I think when we're really honest, whatever we, you know, our, our walk is going to be like looking in a mirror, and whatever we see, you know, I heard a saying that we're always attracting the outer equivalent of our inner conviction. And so that identity in Christ really has to be at the forefront and just continually meditating on who we are, and just like Michelle said, speaking his word. um, When we're put in the the furnace of suffering or the fire of suffering, um, there is good that comes out of that. There's healing that takes place in those times, and we have to allow that process to happen, and a lot of times we think that six months or a year is an eternity, but God says that one day is like a 1,000 years to him. So, you know, uh, overnight success takes 20 years, and and we see the fruit of somebody's life, and it looks like they were instantly birthed and on the scene, and they were gifted their whole life to do this. But we know that those roots have to go down deep, and they need to be healed so we can have healthy relationships with other people. And, you know, a, a good tree, when we really work on the roots of our own tree, you know, it will bear good fruit in its season. Um, a good tree is always going to produce good fruit, good fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So I just think as leaders, we need to continue to make sure that our roots are healthy, no matter what we see in the outside world or what's going on in the world. Because as we all know, we live in some, some crazy times, and the enemy is active, and we just need to be secure of who we are in Christ, and not allow those outside influences to influence uh, even our emotions on a daily basis. Um, So Shannon, I thought what you said was really, really profound and just that identity in Christ and who we are, because that's got to be the foundation of everything that we do. Amen to that.
0: Yes. And so if you have other things you want to comment, write them down and we'll get to them in a moment. Um, I wanted to just conclude the the Brian's uh book because, you know, we know we know the the power of envisioning or vision boards even or writing the vision down, right? Habakkuk two says to write the vision down and the message version of that scripture tells us to write it so big that we would be able to see it if we were running really fast. And I love that. So write the vision of your heart down. And I want to leave us with this on page 119 at the bottom. Brian says that when trials come and obstacles pop up on life's path, the way you recalibrate and renew your journey is by keeping your heart focused on God. How you live your life tends to reflect the overflow of your heart. And if you lose the vision, the dream that God has planted in you, then you will ultimately lose ultimately lose your way. And so that's what Shannon and Derek were just talking about as well. And I thought that goes really great um, also because Mary James, who's doing the live worship um, at Leadership Retreat, um, some of you heard her last year, but her album Overflow has, has, won her lots of awards, and it just, when I saw that, how you live your life tends to reflect the overflow of your heart, I thought of Mary James at leadership, and she's joining us again, but um, to not lose the vision, so making sure that you write that down, to not lose the dream that he has planted in you, and ultimately not losing our way, so what I what I want to leave you with, with this section of reading, uh, we won't spend quite as long on how we love, but... I want to leave you with something from Live, Love, Lead, Um, to strive less and envision more. And you can find that, um, he writes on that on page 122, envision more. I love that. So I hope that you wrote that down, strive less, envision more. And so with How We Love, really the focus is chapters one through nine. And the most important thing that I can have you do is really to introduce this material to you as opposed to um, talking about it because it is so vast and amazing. And you'll also hear from the authors themselves at leadership. So focusing on chapters one through nine, if you haven't read it, um, the biggest thing I could encourage you to do is get on their website and take the little quiz to find out your love style. But I gave you two questions from Brian's book, and I want to give you the most important question here with How We Love. So grabbing your pen or pencil, um, this is really the revealing question. This is the big question of the book and what we're going to be talking about really that creates your love style. So make sure you go to howwelove.com to take that quiz. Um, You're about to write this. Can you recall... Being comforted as a child after a time of emotional distress. Can you recall being comforted as a child after a time of emotional distress? Our imprints from when we were a child affect everything about our lives today. And this is why How We Love is not about marriage It is about marriage, but it is about every single relationship or anyone who is in one, and that is all of us. How we were treated or lack of as a child has imprinted us in how we treat people, how we love people, and how we react and respond to people and circumstances. And so we want to be healthy relators and communicators, and we also want to learn how to work well with each other. If I know your love style, I... I can adjust, and vice versa. Um, My dad, who is an an, avoider, I've learned through this material, um, not the easiest person to have a sit-down conversation, very surface, nothing deep. And when, when I like deep conversations, I like the conversations that matter, I can never have that with my dad. So the last time he was out here, which at his age might be, you know, the last time he's out here. So I got the courage up, and I got my laptop, and I went out on the deck where he was at, and um, I just sat with him. And that, and that was hard for me because he's a, he's a big-time smoker, so I, I probably had a couple packs of cigarettes while I was with him. But I had to go where he was at and meet him there. And I took my laptop. I said, you know, Dad, would you be willing to take – Take this How We Love quiz. <laughs> I was sweating and shaking, yes. This is big for me. Courage, right? So my dad and I, we take this test. I'm asking him the questions. And there were a couple times where my dad cried because he was remembering some of these incidences when he was young. And I told him that I, I remember sitting on his lap. I remember being comforted by you. I remember receiving love. And so I know that your parents didn't give you love. So I was interested in at what point did my dad get nurtured enough to give us kids love, right? He hugged us, said he loved us, you know, did things to show us. Um, But I knew that his parents never touched, never said, I love you. Um, So I was curious how he learned that. And it was a really big moment for me. Everybody had gone to Seattle to kind of sightsee, and it was just my dad and I for about three hours. And it was probably probably the best three hours I've ever had with him because I learned, I learned his imprints. Because I, I, I recognize through this material, when I'm stressed or hurt, these are my reactions. I'm very short-fused. I'm impatient, and uh, my characteristics were just like his. I said, Dad, I I respond just like you. You know, I'm trying to heal, and I'm I'm interested in in becoming whole. And as this How We Love book talks about, you know, I – I want to communicate with Derek in a healthy way. I want to communicate with my friends, with the people I work with, with the leadership in yoga faith. You know, we're not always going to see eye to eye with all these people in our lives, but how can we respond? How can we communicate? How can we do life together? Because God has put these people in our lives. And so it was a really special time for me to sit down with my father and maybe somebody comes to mind with you. And, you know, maybe it's not something where you sit down and take the test with them together. Um, but for me, it was available, and he didn't have anywhere to run because he was in poor health and couldn't walk. So it worked out really well. But um, this stuff is so important. And, it's you know, if you are married, it's really about getting a Ph.D. in your spouse's childhood because now I can, I can see where, you know, the little boy in Derek is reacting this way because of, you know, the real little boy Derek and vice versa, right? He knows, um, you know, my issues because of this material and we, we can move forward in a healthy way and what used to take a day or two or when we were dating, sometimes two weeks out of our lives, we can sit and talk and only miss about 10 minutes of each other's lives. So that's really good, good stuff. So that is your question that is your soul work. You have three questions, two from Brian and one here. And um, you know, through chapters one through nine, it just it talks about memories of being comforted, those imprints. You'll see some really great charts that will help you out. And really just identifying your love cell and moving forward in your relationships. Um, so if you've read some of it, maybe you've taken the test, or maybe you just have a question or comment, you can go ahead and unmute yourself and um, speak. And then after this, I just want to spend just a couple minutes telling you about our awesome weekend plans.
2: Can you guys hear me? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I just wanted to say what Michelle was saying about how we love one of the biggest things is we get in a relationship we get married and these things happen these these core patterns that play out over and over and over again and one of the things that we re- realized is in the beginning we didn't really have the tools to to repair this thing right so whatever it was something would happen it was a blow up we disagree we saw things differently but there was no repair to the situation I would go and do my thing. She would go and do her thing. We'd come back together, and a week later it would happen again. And these core patterns repeat over and over and over and over in your marriage until you can begin to understand there's a way that we can approach this, and now we have the tools that we can help these things in each other to heal so we can become more of a secure connector so these imprints aren't as prevalent in our life. Um, You know, for example, a vacillator is really hot and cold. You know, you never know what you're going to get with them, and a lot of that is because they come from a really volatile childhood or a really unstable upbringing where they're moved around a lot and you never know what mom was going to do or what dad was going to do. But I think the biggest thing that we've learned is now we have tools to help to not just sweep these issues under the carpet but really deal with them and communicate and help to bring healing to this thing so we can heal that hurt or heal that wound in each other and we can move forward in a positive way. And I think the biggest thing that we've learned is how do we help each other heal from some of these hurts that were developed in childhood that we have no idea and it's really easy to sweep them under the carpet, but what if we had the communication skills now and the tools to go back and not just not address those things anymore because those things become really huge down the road, right? You continue to do this for 10, 15 years, and then there's so much water under the bridge. It's like, how did we even get here? But what if we could begin to really help each other heal in those things and repair those hurts so those cycles don't continue continue over and over again? So I think that's probably the greatest thing of, of how we love, and, you know, it's just it's incredible information. It will change uh, not only your marriage, but many of your relationships, when you start to recognize these things. So, I hope that everybody that's on the call is planning on being there um, for both days. But that How We Love Day is gonna—you really have some breakthroughs in your own life. So, we're just excited to spend that weekend with you guys. Is there any
0: other comments or questions?
3: Well, I have to say, just, you know, I'm looking forward on this whole marriage thing, because I've never been to a marriage thing, and I've been married 27 years and together 28 and worked with my husband for 25 years, so um, Uh, uh, so I might have swept a lot of stuff under the rug, but it's worked for me.
0: (laughs) I know what you mean, totally understand. Well, I'm so glad you're going to be joining us. Um, Is there anybody else who has anything to say before we conclude? Okay. Well, don't hang up yet because the best part – I shouldn't say the best part, but more good stuff. (laughs) And – Our Black Friday and Cyber Monday was something that God had led us to do, kind of, uh, you know, nothing we had planned, but he just really put it on our hearts. And he wanted us to do something with the prophets. And so we had come to a place where we could actually do something like this, and it was pretty phenomenal, and just trusting him, right? It's like... Did I just hear you right, Lord? Okay, half off. Okay, all right, half off. So we did these cells, and um, in conjunction, it was just kind of a dual mission to help the people who have lost everything. You've heard the stories. We have um, a church plant down there from our home base here in Seattle, um, church home is also down in Los Angeles every Wednesday, and they have sat with a couple of survivors and heard their stories of just complete loss, and, you know, we've listened to many stories of people just living in the Walmart parking lot who have absolutely nothing, no change of clothes, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. They're just, their house was just, it just vanished, and so life has changed um, a lot for many people. And we are going to go down um, earlier than the weekend retreat and serve. I told Derek, you can find me with the animals. Derek will be with the people. <laughs> um, but we have found a couple organizations that we'd like to partner with. One is the Humane Society in Ventura County. And the other is the, fire, the California Fire Foundation. Um, they're really serving people with basic necessities. They are... Um, distribute gift cards so people can buy what they need. Um, They also have volunteers that they place. So we go down there, we show up, they put us where they need us the most. And so those are the two organizations that we have found to really link arms with and help serve in any way that we can. And God has afforded us um, so much, and, and we're blessed to be a blessing. So we'll be doing that prior to leadership Um, We will get to the San Diego area um, on Thursday, and if you were with us last year, we're going to have dinner at that same spot because uh, the food was good, the price was good, customer service was outstanding. Um, It was a beautiful place to be um, in the 77-degree outside, (laughs) beautiful table, and we just had a really great time of, of fellowship and food, and so we're going to have dinner again on Friday night. If you get there early, please join us. Um, Saturday is Leadership, where Derek, myself, Jody, and some other people will be speaking into your lives. Um, And then on Sunday, we'll have Mylon and Kay of How We Love uh, speak to us about how we love, (laughs) the life-changing information. So I just wanted to give you... um, a little bit of that. By the time we talk January 29th on the last half of both of these books, uh, which by then you will have done the your love style quiz and answered um, the two questions from Brian. Were what is it that you feel called to do? The second is what is it that's getting in your way? Um, the question from how we love is, can you recall being comforted as a child after a time of emotional distress? Question mark. So. Those are um, what you should sort of be, you know, focusing on. I, I don't want to give you homework, but this is kind of something that, you know, this whole weekend we tried to make it affordable, as you can imagine. These authors kind of come with a high price tag. So it's, you know, it's a little bit more than last year, but it's just worth the investment. And we couldn't, I mean, we wouldn't do this if we didn't believe in this wholeheartedly. I, I can honestly tell you, and I had a chance to tell them as well, that Derek and I are still married because of this information. And so I'm looking forward to um, getting this information to you. It's changed my my parents and my relationships. So if you have sons and daughters or siblings or, you know, like I said, any relationship, uh, it's going to change. And so we. by next time we talk, you'll have your soul work done, your questions answered, and um, you can choose to share them or not. I just want them to be for you, to keep you on track. And I also want to encourage you to write your vision down, to so write it so big that if you were running fast, you would be able to read it. I just got this uh, artwork above my desk, and it's really big. <laughs> it's so big. And um, it just reminds me, you know, I can just look up at it and it says, and if not, he is still good. Oh, glory, he is still God. And, that, and then it says Daniel 3.18, right? So it's like, and if not, he's still good. And I can just look up and go, you know, it doesn't even matter. If not, it's, he's still going to get the glory and he's not going to waste anything. So whatever he puts on your heart, write that vision down. Make it plain. Put it somewhere you can read it. And um, I'll remind you that Brian Houston says to strive less. Strive less and envision more. I love that. Amen. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have, um, I also wanted to say by January 29th, we'll have the itinerary as well, times, you know, dinner time, um, check-in time, Saturday and Sunday and all that good stuff. So very easy, very informal Um, great hotel, great rooms, great price, and amazing customer service at the Hyatt as well. So does anybody have anything else you want to say before we wrap up? I feel like somebody just unmuted. Okay,
2: Yeah, I just just wanted to say that if people have, like, friends or family members that they want to bring to the invite them bring them along um this information is good i know that we all know you know couples that are struggling in their marriage or whatever the case is this information just like michelle was saying is so vital and so powerful that if you have people uh that you think this would be good for bring them with you and you can have a great weekend with some other friends and know some other people that are going to be there as well so we we've got room for about okay. i think 55 60 people. So if you have people that you think this information would be good for, uh, just make it a weekend trip and bring them with you. So that's all I wanted to say.
0: That's good. Hey, babe, since um, since you're on the line, why don't you do the most important thing and pray to God, close us out?
2: Sure, I'd be happy to. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your goodness and your glory in our lives. And I just pray, Father, that as we leave, that you would continue to fill us and and flood us with your presence and your Holy Spirit. It's the most important thing that we can do or seek is to have you with us to know that you live on the inside of us. And I just pray, Father, for everybody on this call, Uh, even if they feel a little bit dry. I pray that you would comfort them, that you would be with them. I pray that you would continue to give them courage and strength for all the things that you've called them to do. Father, we just thank you that you are such a good God, and your plans are to bless us and not to harm us, to give us a hope in a future. And I just pray, Father, that these seeds that have been spoken on this call today would bear fruit, would bear fruit in families, would bear fruit in legacy giving, and all the things that you've called us to do. I just thank you for Michelle's wisdom. I thank you for her passion that she's able to lead people the way that she does and just continue to encourage them. And I just pray, Father, just for a renewed sense of of peace to come over all of us tonight on this call. I pray that uh, new dreams and new visions would be birthed, Father, in hearts. We all have something on the inside of us, which is significant, and God really wants to draw that out of us. And so, Father, I just pray that you would have your way in our hearts, our minds, our souls I pray that we would find time to enter your presence and to enter your rest. There is a jet stream of grace, and it's not by doing, but it's by envisioning, and it's by seeing, and it's by resting, Father. So I just pray that we would enter into your jet stream of grace. We would do more, do less, and we would just enter your presence more, Father. You can do more in one day than we can do in a year. I pray blessings and peace over every person on this call. I pray blessings and peace and financial prosperity. I pray that you would continue to go before us and guide us and lead us and direct us through your Holy Spirit. Give us wisdom, Father, above all else that we may be a blessing to others. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, everyone, for your time. We really appreciate it. We can't wait to connect in January and dive more into this. But you know how to get a hold of us, so please do if you need us. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Thanks. Good night. Love you guys. Sending hugs. you. You too. Yes, thank you. Hugs and prayers. Hugs and prayers.
3: Hugs and prayers. Amen. Amen. Good
0: night. Good night.